There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to another Business Elevation show on Voice America. And I'm delighted today. I've got uh, my friend Bob Coolhan. Uh, Bob was on the show back in March 2017, so can't believe we've not spoken for two years now. Um, but we're going to have a, a lot of fun today, I'm, I'm sure, because I remember it being a great interview last time. And we're going to talk about Think Slow to Move Fast uh, from Bob Coolhan, who is an, an absolute master when it comes to improvisation and lots of other things. But before I introduce him, I want to say a big thank you to my guest uh, on last week's show, Tom Eddington. Uh, Tom and I talked about vulnerability and achieving kind of higher levels of leadership consciousness. And I found particularly talking to Tom, his story was just fascinating. And Tom had um, had very senior roles, consulting roles, and had been involved in merger, the mergers and acquisitions of some massive, massive organisations like Royal Bank of Scotland and NatWest, and, and he'd earned a, a massive seven-figure salary. He'd been completely focused on, on sort of developing his work and uh, focused on his work, and then very sadly got ill. Um, had um, had um, bacterial meningitis and spent four years uh, unable to work pretty much the whole time in bed uh, and then um, as he was getting better his daughter got ill and then his wife got ill and she passed away and um, so this story that of how Bob discovered this importance his own vulnerability and um, took this experience took him into a new chapter which he's now working and doing some amazing work around uh, consciousness and leadership and vulnerability then I would just recommend that you take the opportunity to listen to that interview so in a world that rotates at a thousand miles an hour sometimes we feel the need to think equally as fast However, this can often cause stress and it can cause really unproductive situations if we're you know, hearing things and reacting too quickly without uh, taking the time to, to think things through. But, you know, there's some technique to doing that. It's not just about time. And my guest today, Bob Colhan, has spent the last two decades linking improvisation to business through the behavioral sciences and he's an absolute elite improv actor as well as an adjunct professor at the duke university fuqua school of business and columbia university business school he's the founder and ceo of business improv he's based um has been based out of both uh, well not both out of chicago la and new york city and uh, Business Improv is a world-class leader in developing experiential learning programs for businesses. He's been uh, doing his work and performing and teaching improvisation internationally for 25 years. Since 98, he's worked 
and for um, many organisations, including Google, Ford, uh, the Wharton School of University in Pennsylvania, Yale School of Management, University in Istanbul, the Australian Graduate School of Management, SAS, Mazda, just to name a few. He's the author of Getting to Yes and, which was published by Stanford University Press back in January 2017. And uh, we're going to talk about thinking slow to move fast today. And I think this will really help us as we try and become more productive and less rushed. Um, so I think this will be an interview not to be missed. So uh, a really big welcome to Bob Colham. Chris, thank you so much for inviting me back on. I can't believe it has been as long as it has since our last conversation. I am looking forward to checking out your last podcast that you just set that up wonderfully and i am intrigued and i am also looking forward to chatting with you today oh it's, it's great to have you back on the show so we, you you joined us two years ago and uh, i recommend to people who are you know, in, interested in this this area of of you know thinking on your feet really to go back and, and have a chat and I, I the things i seem to remember about you bob i seem to remember chicago cubs i think was one of those things oh, I that's remember, right maybe having young young children i think at the time you might have been operating out of chicago now you're obviously operating out of more places. Tell us what's been going on for you in the last couple of years since we last chatted. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yes, your memory is fantastic. I am a Chicago trained improviser. That's where I, I cut my teeth in improvisation. And I'm definitely a Cubs fan. And um, I, I bleed Chicago Cubby Blue. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, over the last couple of years, though, just really do the best I can to continue to press the envelope with improvisation, not only on the performance side, which I'm still very active as an improvisational actor and comedian, also with businesses and academia, just looking at the trends as they exist, how more and more people are, are and companies are really focused on being agents of change and adapting. So how does that relate toward what we would do on an improv stage or in real life on a day-to-day basis and of course the challenges of technology that exists as well so over the last couple of years i've been trying to set the pace as it as it at least relates to linking improvisation to business and and learning a lot every step of the way excellent and i, I guess with uh, i remember you you're talking about your children a little bit last time i think they're now three and six you uh you sometimes uh, i imagine you know kids do things at high speed you sometimes have to i mean i'm kind of interested you know how do your skills help you with the kids really in the different situations you find yourself yeah. in that's what i think i'm getting at yeah, absolutely. I think anybody who is a parent and yourself included in this can understand that, um, you know, kids, they have minds of their own, right? And and they don't respond well to um, logic sometimes. You can't reason with uh, at least a three-year-old very well. Um, you could try. So uh, for me... Part of, of really an improviser's mindset is just openness, that ability to postpone judgment, absorb and observe and just take everything in as it is. And that creates a learner's mindset that I'm here to try my best to understand what you're saying on your terms, whether it's you, Chris, or my two children. And that keeps me on my toes. And also the sense of play that just comes inherently with improvisers should exist with parents as well. And that yes and mentality gets 
us all into a lot of great adventures, whether it's inside on a rainy day, building forts or wrestling around or outside on a sunny day, playing in the backyard. It's, it really brings me back to that state of not knowing what's, what to expect yet and being in pure, just open discovery, which is, you know, an awesome world to live in whenever we can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounds like you're, you're, I think what I'm hearing in your the conversation is being is being open to the magic that happens in in life and sometimes unexpectedly um, you know because you see that with kids and you must see that on an improv stage that that's uh, you know, it's cre- being creative in the moment and enjoying the moment Absolutely. and realizing it and um, and uh, if, if, certainly if you're expecting life to be very linear with kids it doesn't happen does it no, no, that's correct. And, you know, life is hard enough as it is. And once you get into the adulthood aspect of it, where income and mortgages and bills and insurance and all that starts weighing on you, that ability to go the opposite direction and get into that sense of play or discovery is super important. And I think it's important not only to relate to our children. It's important for us just as adults to just breathe a little bit, live in the moment because that moment's going to be gone and you're never going to be able to recreate that moment that's happening. So when those great moments do take place to just really embrace it and put that kid hat back on and have a little fun because the adult hat has to go on afterwards. And so just enjoying it while it's taking place, I think is just, it should be a a rule for everybody. Absolutely. And what is, what is think slow to move fast? What's, what's that about? Why, why is it important? Well, it relates directly to living in the moment. So the ability to think slow to move fast is the ability to slow the brain down, to really recognize what's happening so that you are present and you are focused at a very high level. Whether it's on an improv stage for me, or as we were just mentioning, playing with our children, or in a, a sales conversation, a business scenario, a meeting, a strategy session, just really investing yourself in the here and now, the present. And this means that you don't think about what's going to happen next. You're not trying to think outside of the reality that's happening. It's really just understanding that words are gold. And when people are talking to you, they're giving you information. And it's not just the spoken word. It's the full body. It's understanding what nonverbal communication means and how to take advantage of it. It's understanding subtext and scenario and really connecting with other people as well in the present, in the moment, in real time. The best way that I can really describe this though is to link back to the movie, The Matrix. Chris, did you see the the, first, the good the good Matrix? Oh, the, the good Matrix. One? I still I still fairly regularly watch the 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 good Matrix, the first one, because it's it's awesome. And now I can watch it with my kids. Yeah. Now they're getting older as well. We we enjoy it. It's a great film. Absolutely, it's, yeah, absolutely. I agree one hundred percent. I look forward to that day that I can watch it with my kids. Now, the pivotal scene where they're introducing the three hundred sixty degree camera for the first time. The bullets are whizzing at Neo, played by Keanu Reeves. He's falling backwards, trying to dodge these bullets. This is long black jackets kind of flapping around. The bullets are whizzing by. You see the ripples behind the bullet as it's passing Neo. That's great improvisation. That is great think slow to move fast mentality. You can slow the world down so much so that you see the ripples behind the bullet as it's passing you. 
And that's what things slow to move fast is. U.S. Special Forces have a similar phrase, which is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. It's in times of risk, uncertainty, crisis, volatility, the people who can slow the world down recognize what's happening, receive information from people very clearly, and also communicate out very clearly as well. Those are the people that will thrive in those types of situations. And that's where things slow to move fast needs to be focused. Thanks. So you've, you've taken my mind back a few years, actually, Bob, talking about the, about the matrix. And I, I, did, I did get a testimonial uh, from speaking at a conference once, which was unsolicited from the, the the organization who hosted it, and one of the elements of it was they did they said that i'd uh, that Chris did the best matrix uh, ma- matrix impression we 've ever seen on stage, so that was quite uh, quite nice <laughs> <laughs> is it something you can give us right now <laughs> well not no no because it was actually it was that the bits you know when they 're kind of bending away from the bullets so i I sort of physically yeah. did that on stage just and it was about um, the power to get things done, which was my my book, and it was just about how you know sometimes people kind of throw missiles at you, and you you find yourself avoiding them. So suddenly the glasses came out of the pocket, and uh, I did this Im- impression on stage. So uh, it was quite it was quite fun. Um, so so you you know this idea of thinking slow because you do that as an Im- improviser is that where it came from? You know from your experience yes. of needing to do this in the moment. Yes, anybody who's seen great improvisation before, it looks like the improvisers are sprinting. Our brains are moving a 1,000 miles an hour. We're moving really rapidly. And sometimes speed is a variable in that equation. The reality, though, is the majority of the time, we've slowed the world down so much so that the words that are spoken to us in the moment are very important to us. We take advantage of them because we have to respond to them. You know, going back to the way that we define improvisation in business improv, my organization is on three core competencies, reacting, adapting, and communicating. Reacting, adapting, communicating. So that reacting is focused and presence in real time at a high level. Adapting is if you're reacting within parameters or trying to achieve a specific outcome. And then communicating. And this is the same exact thing that has to happen on stage because on stage, when you're in front of an audience, they're, they're paying attention at a high level. They've invested money to come in the theater. They've invested their time. You know, potentially they brought other people as well. So they've invested you know, potentially their reputation to a degree. If it's like a first date, you know, they want to set the tone at, at a nice light level. So they're all watching you and invested in that moment. And you have to be in the moment, which means that you have to be present and you have to slow down and others have to be there with you as well. So though I mentioned some high stakes environments before volatility, crisis, This is a fantastic thing just for relationship building, listening to each other, connecting to each other. I'm sure, Chris, it's what you do on every podcast. You're just listening so fully to what somebody else is saying so that you can just simply react and adapt and communicate with that person as well. And that's the skill set that a lot of us need to focus on. I see. Yeah, doing this sort of interviewing does help you with that, I think. Now, I'm going to have to – we're going to go to commercial break in a a, a minute, and we're going to talk about this a lot more after the break. Before I do that, I want to say a big thank you to a sponsor for the show, Fresh Books. And just share a little bit about them because they have a, a, a great product. And I was always very mindful when I 
uh, you have avoided sponsorship in the past but and I thought actually um, where there are great products it's, it doesn't hurt to share and uh, particularly ones that are relevant to us so I wonder if you remember when you started your small business and it's no small feat is it it takes lots of late nights early mornings the occasional all-nighter but bottom line you've been insanely busy ever since so why not make things a little easier well our friends at freshbooks have the solution uh, freshbooks invoicing accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners it's simple intuitive keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts um, create it helps you create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds get them paid uh, two times faster with automated online payments uh, file expenses even quicker keep them perfectly organized for tax time and the best part it grows alongside your business so you know with fresh books you've always got the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting 24 million people have used FreshBooks. You can join them. Try it free for 30 days. No catch, no credit card required or like that. Go to freshbooks.com slash elevation and enter the Business Elevation Show in the How Did You Hear About It section. I would really appreciate that. And then they can you know, measure um, who's kind of connected with them through the show. So I really appreciate that. If you enjoy the show and that's something you're looking at, go to freshbooks.com slash elevation. We'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes and find out lots more about how you can think slow to move fast with my great guest today bob colhan voice america business network the bottom line in business. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com.
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and I'm back with you with uh, Bob Culhan. We're talking about thinking slow to move fast. And Bob, before the break, we were talking about you know, what what this is and where it came from, and it was derived from this amazing exp- improv experience that you have. And I just wonder, maybe we could just hone in a little bit more on the why. You know, what, why why is this important? What are the components? Absolutely. But it's a basic um, human communication pitfall is to think about what we're going to say next, right? So we disengage when people are talking to us to either go off into la-la land, uh, you know, go, oh, what, what emails do I have to send out? You know, we just lose our focus. Or for other people who are actually trying to be involved, they think about what they're going to say next, especially if it's a heated conflict. That you are, I'm going to defend myself or I'm really going to ding you one, one way or another. And so this is the fantastic tool to actually uh, listen to what somebody else is saying, to stay focused and to stay engaged, to really value what someone else is saying, once again, on her or his own terms. So it links directly to emotional intelligence. It links to mindfulness, to be present and, and listen to somebody. It links to a self audit, to understand what you're doing, to affect somebody else or influence somebody else in a, a strategic or thoughtful, deliberate way. And in doing so, it's a great relationship builder. It helps people um, who are giving presentations or pitches, for example, that you know your material and now you're reading the audience and you're focused on how to adapt to what the audience is doing. And that calls for you to, to be, really be present and in the moment. And that then it gives you an additional degree of flexibility or adaptability ultimately if you're acting within those parameters or agility just to be in the moment when the unexpected happens because at any given time that inevitability is real something out of the box is going to happen that's going to call for you to react to that so thinking slow to move fast helps with that it helps with sales calls it helps with uh, meetings larger collaboration meetings to make sure everyone's involved and engaged so this specific skill set related to slowing the brain down to think slow to move fast can be used in a number of different ways yeah yeah i'm just thinking i had a, an incident i have a, a, a longish drive and at the end of it it goes out onto a, a busy country lane and i about two weeks ago i almost I just started to pull out, and because the visibility is not great, a car, a car was coming, and it moved slightly into the road, and I, I reversed back so we didn't hit each other. But uh, he decided to stop and block my way because he wanted to have a conversation about it and wound his window down, and uh, he's probably the the one person in my ne- nearest village who I, I avoid because I don't particularly enjoy his uh, his uh, his <laughs> manner and I just decided to sit there and I, I didn't get out of the car and I didn't I decided the best thing to do that I would end up in a altercation and giving my peace of mind so I my decision was to to not get out of the car and just you know demonstrate that he should move because I felt it would go sour if we had the conversation at that point I, I wonder if that is you know if there were situations like that when we could you know we could overreact in the heat of the moment whether actually this enables us to take stock absolutely absolutely you know that 
<clears throat> excuse me, Im- impulse is very different than, you know, that an impulse is a reaction and reacting is different because it's ongoing. And so what you're describing is just that breath to take and say, all right, what really needs to be done right now? Do I need to get out of my car? Can I control my own behavior? You know, what is the purpose? What What is the, the end to me getting out of my car in this case? Let alone right before it, just the instinctual, let's back up so we don't get hit, we don't cause an accident. You know, so this person's impulse is to be hot-headed and roll down the window and potentially, you know, I'll go on, take a liberty here to say bully a little bit. And yours is just to say, you know what, it's not worth it. It's not worth my time. And I think that is a great example of what can be used across the board, just real-time decision-making so that you put yourself in a better position to maintain your brand, your integrity, and represent your behavior in the way that you want to, as opposed to pretending like this is out of our control. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you, so there's kind of you know, day-to-day kind of situations, and you, you talk to you know environments at work where you need to build engagement, which is a real passion of passion of mine and um, work that I do in my um, with my clients. And there's something called uh, that you refer to as uh, VUCA, V-U-C-A. I seem to remember that mm-hmm. from the last time we spoke as well. What's what's VUCA and what other, you know, what other situations should we be using this in? VUCA is a U.S. Army acronym, and that stands for Volatility, Uncertainty, Crisis, and Ambiguity. It's what happens when chaos happens. And um, it really describes those situations that are uh, unpredictable and unknown. There's somebody else who has uh, added a plus C to this, Colonel Joe LaBeouf, who was uh, faculty at West Point and then faculty at uh, Duke Fuqua School of Business and is a, a really great guy. Um, the plus C is for change. So volatility, uncertainty, uh, crisis and ambiguity and change. And so the ability to, in those more high stress, dynamic environments to slow the world down, to understand what's going on, put you in a better position to succeed. The ability in a phone conversation to not get distracted, to really focus and concentrate on what somebody else is saying, put you in a higher probability of building a, a strong relationship. In a conflict, the ability not to go into your head to really understand what somebody else is saying and embrace it uh, as a truth, at least for that person, as a, a way to build a bridge and add clarity to a situation creates a higher probability of mending that conflict and potentially aligning with somebody. So this is a great tool to, to use in a number of different circumstances. Excellent. And it, it, it seems like it kind of starts with, with just being present uh, in the moment um, rather than rather than automatically reacting absolutely and you know it's for people who don't practice being present in the moment they take it for granted that this is something that we all do the challenge would be to really audit your own behavior pay attention to your own behavior and, and see how many times throughout the course of the day you disengage you lose your focus you drift off into space and so it is something that needs to be practiced for a lot of people so that it does become second nature 
Yeah, yeah, and and of course, if you don't don't do it, there can be some consequences. I guess a little bit like my my chap I've mentioned. I I I, I was I had a chest infection. And I was late with my son going to school. It probably, if I, when I think about it, you know, the majority of the responsibility probably sat with me in in terms of the situation and pulling out. But actually, if I'd had that conversation because of the the, the state I was in, um, I it wouldn't have ended up with me representing my brand very well. I don't think. So <laughs> these situations happen. Uh, you know, there's consequences, isn't there? If we if, if, if knee-jerk reactions, if we get, you know, the boss says something to us and we respond in a, in a certain manner, or another another member of staff, or a supplier, or a customer, there can be consequences, can't there? Oh, absolutely. You know, and what you're talking about is great because you're talking about representing your brand in front of your legacy, your son, right? And, you know, what is the tone you're setting for him and how he's going to behave in similar circumstances in the future. In a day-to-day engagement, though, it could be how you're reacting to a peer who said something um, that you weren't expecting or if you were the boss, and one of your subservience does something that potentially is off track, you know, and I'm mentioning more negative type of circumstances because that's where we're dancing. At the same time, those are the ones that, by which we could be judged more than others because if somebody's vulnerable, if somebody has an honest um, accident, a mistake, and they're repentant and can prove that they're not gonna repeat the mistake and we, in a knee-jerk reaction, go off on them and tell them how they're jeopardizing your own brand or the future, you're gonna jeopardize things like morale and trust as opposed to taking time to understand and communicate clearly and take a deep breath, you know, just walk to the window and, and get a breath, breath of fresh air and then re-engage to make sure that that relationship's on point. You're strengthening uh, trust and you're strengthening morale and that will help the relationship ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. So a friend of mine shared with me something he just very flippantly said to a new recruit uh, a, a few weeks ago and it it could have been construed as being a little bit sexist um which is not him at all but it just it just came out and um unintentionally really to cause harm it was uh his, his kind of humor but of course the next thing he knows he's in the you know the hr head of hr's office and this issue has been reported and it it becomes a huge uh, uh, you know huge thing um, mm-hmm. un- unintentional, but he's uh, his brand's impacted, isn't it? And absolutely, you, know, you see this so often, don't you? In media, and absolutely, <laughs> yeah, we see it in the media. We see it from politicians. Uh, we, I'm sure, we see it on a day to day basis with you know certain colleagues. And part of this, though, if you look at the 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 opposite of the people that we're describing and, and this is this is a great example because this person you said is a good person it just this didn't come out correctly or it was misconstrued or maybe it did come out the way that in this case he thought it would and it just had a negative reaction it's how do you compose yourself how do you move forward and on the opposite side there are people who are demonstrating this all the time there are great leaders who are patient who are thoughtful who are empathetic, who take time to connect. And this time that we're talking about is not a significant period of time necessarily. We're not talking about hours and hours and days and days. We're talking about minutes, and you're investing that time in human capital. 
in twofold. One, on other people to understand what they're saying. You're also investing that time in yourself to manage your own brand, to to make sure that you are on point with the medal of character of who you are and your integrity is intact as well. So this investment in human capital can pay, pay itself forward in dividends that we're not even comprehending in this conversation. And so it's good to look at the, what happens when we don't do it. It's also good to look at examples of, of positive role models for this type of mindset. Yeah, yeah. There's an example in the media uh, around football from a, there was a referee in the United Kingdom who was from the north of England. Now, where I come from in the north of England, if, if you do something silly or you're, you're cheeky, everybody calls each other a cheeky monkey. Oh, yeah, cheeky monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and but unfortunately, he was from the north of England, and he and it just just came out of him. It, it was a a, a, a coloured football player, and and he said this, and of course, then the next thing he's, he's fired, and it's all in the media, and he's done this. But from the part of the world we come from, and he came from, it's just a part of everyday language, and it's just meant in a very. Um, so I guess we've got to be very present and just mindful of the situation, um, and what might be a. Norman unintentionally and and I felt very sorry for him and for what had actually happened because I'm sure it was just a part of his normal speech if you know what I mean but not mm-hmm. um, so I guess we've, we've, we've got to be careful in each moment haven't we if, if that things can be construed misconstrued absolutely you know it's it when I travel internationally we mentioned you and I had both uh, been in Turkey you more recently than me. Um, when I've traveled in the, the Middle East, when I've traveled in Asia, uh, Germany, I mean, you just, I take time to learn culture. I take time to learn what the, the norms are. And I do my very best to honor and respect the country in which I'll be teaching or performing improvisation or business improv. And that's paid itself off tremendously, especially because in those times, where, where there is a little bit of speed involved, my half a second or one second of a deep breath to compose myself to make sure that I'm on point has has helped me tremendously. Because I, always I endeavor to communicate the tenets of business improvisation in the most effective way possible to reach each audience so that everybody knows how to use these tools and techniques. And if I do that in such a way that would become off-putting to a specific culture or a specific group of people, then I'm not doing my job. And so it's important, I think, for all of us to get that base understanding of who our audience is and how to communicate with them. Yeah, and, and you know, that, that's an example where we've been a, actually saying that the connotation of it is terrible but with the context of where he came from it was uh, it, he slipped up um, and that caused a problem so we've got to be careful I've just uh, got a, a couple of minutes to say to a commercial break I know there's you know how, how do you do this you know you've got a few steps maybe you could just outline them and we can talk about them in a bit more detail after the break absolutely what, what are the five what are the five steps of how you do it oh okay yeah. <laughs> sorry I thought you said after after no 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 break. Just, just, uh, just, uh, just, uh, just point them we'll then come after the break and we'll discuss them absolutely so there's there's many different steps to this the first though is that deep breath take a deep look around and understand that you are uh, not often pressed for time only occasionally do we really need to um 
move very, very quickly. Postpone judgment, observe what's going on, really uh, embrace the fact that we're not alone and we can communicate with other people. And also just be super agile, super adaptable. Embrace yes and that whatever's going to happen, you can build off of this, connect to it, and take it to the next level. Excellent. Well, there's commercial break now. And after the break, we'll talk a little bit about, more about those and we'll have a think about how this can help when we're leading others. And I'd also like to have a little chat uh, with Bob. He, he very much focuses as well on something called energy manipulation. So I want to find out a bit more about that. So we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. Please do do join us. Again, if you've got any questions, comments, uh, please send them to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Always love to hear from you. boardroom to you voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and I'm with Bob Colhan. We're talking about, really about, kind of slowing down to to, um, move fast, um, Bob being an absolute expert when it comes to uh, improvisation, and Bob, you were just telling us a little bit about some of the some of the steps, some of the things we need to think about when it comes to doing this. So, deep breath, you know, postponing judgment uh, was some of them. Um, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of uh, being mindful of the situation, being super agile. And is there anything else you can tell us about those, which uh, you know might help us to make sure that we don't do something, in, you know, really 
incorrect or inadvertently incorrect in a scenario that doesn't take us towards what we want to achieve? The first thing I think I would like to do is put a little asterisk on this. And because what I didn't mention before is planning and strategy. So what I like to do pretty much anytime I'm giving like a keynote or I'm leading a very complex uh, workshop is what I call walk the space. I go in a little bit early. I look around at the environment. If there's a way to do a, a mic test or a tech run, you run through anything and troubleshoot anything that might potentially get in your way for the actual program. Also put some contingency plans in place. Like, all right, what's going to happen if this happens? If that happens, what am I going to do? So you develop a plan of attack so that if or when uh, the unexpected takes place and Murphy's Law is put into place, then you put yourself in a better position to react, adapt, communicate, improvise. Because ultimately, no matter how much you plan, it's going to go awry, right? Planning is everything. Plans are useless. So that's a a Dwight D. Eisenhower quote. Um, And it's just a matter of understanding the situation, the context. If it's an audience as well, I'd like to go in early and catch the tone of the audience, the tenor of the audience. You know, what, how are they feeling? If they're super jovial, are they light? Are they negative and tired? And then I can play to the top of my intelligence, perform at the top of my intelligence to get the best out of them by adapting to what they're giving me. So whenever possible, put yourself in a position to succeed by thinking about where you're going to go, either visualizing it or actually going in early to walk the space. Because ultimately, that deep breath, that pause, that react, that relaxing so that you can ultimately yes and that and react, adapt, communicate, respond in real time needs to all be in concert with each other in order to really do this at the top of your intelligence. Mm. And would you therefore, for example, if if you've got an important meeting you're attending, would you maybe run through that in your mind? Imagine yourself maybe going into that situation and having to think through about what some of the things that might come up. Absolutely. Yes. Going through the material inside and out so that it's secondhand. You're not relying on slides. The slides are there to support you. So when tech goes down, you don't need the slides. It doesn't matter what the slides are. You're communicating with with that audience. If you know the key players, especially if you're going to get some pushback, you're going to get some kind of resistance. There's some negative Nellies in the group that you're going to have to deal with. You know, where do they normally sit? What's their normal behavior? How, how are they normally responding? You really put yourself, and then how are you going to respond when you get this pushback, when you get this resistance? You put yourself in a better position to succeed. Now, the, the little asterisks here should be around not stereotyping people, not saying that, oh, Chris is, has been negative in the past. He shot me down in the past, and he's definitely going to shoot me down this time. It's saying he's been negative in the past, yes. He shot me down in the past, yes. If he does it this time, I'm going to react in this way to, once again, make sure my brain brand is on point, my integrity is on point. And if he doesn't, well, I'm not going to force him to react negatively to shoot me down. I'm just going to be prepared just in case he does. So really that that's where that postponement of judgment comes into play. It's saying I have to know the key players in this meeting. I have to know the environment in this meeting. I have to know the desired outcome of this meeting. And I'm not going to force anybody to behave in any way. I'm just going to let the meeting unfold the way it's going to unfold and then play within the parameters of that to get the best out of it. Hmm. 
So yeah, make, makes an, an awful lot of sense. And that point you made as well about you know making you can make assumptions, can't you, about about individuals and people and. Um, I, one, something happened uh, last week. I was uh, with with clients. I was helping them with a very tricky, a very tricky issue, uh, and we were, you know, they were going in expecting all sorts of problems. And uh, I suppose the one thing I did, I did suggest to them was rather than go in and expect a war or expect trouble or a fight, to actually go in, um, you know, calmly and uh, without an expectation. And see what came up, uh, and mm-hmm. yes, uh, and by by doing that, not going in with that attitude, they didn't find we didn't find a war or we didn't find a fight. We actually found a situation that, with a bit of kindness and and a, and a bit of a bit of care, became very positive for everybody. And we didn't get the reaction that we expected. But I think if we'd we'd gone in with that expectation that um, there was going to be trouble, then we'd have found it. Uh, so I think there's something, something in your planning around yourself and your state that could be helpful, I think. Yeah, I think your advice was right on, and it's directly aligned with what we're talking about. To a degree, we can create self-fulfilling prophecies. And if we go in with that attitude, we might be the ones dictating it on somebody else. They might, they might have set themselves up for success saying, I want to go in. I want to be relaxed. I really need this meeting to be productive. We've had this meeting three times. I don't want to have it a fourth time. And then we go in with guns blazing. Next thing you know, they're on the defensive or on the attack. And we're having our, our fifth meeting after this one or four meeting, fourth meeting after this one. So your suggestion of just slowing down uh, and let's be open to what everybody else is saying is aligned with postponing judgment 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, so how do you... How do you lead others to do this? How how do you teach others? So we might be, we might be, might be, you know, already a leader in a in a, in a business, and we think actually, I'm, you know, I do this quite well now. And actually, with what I've just reflected on from what Bob shared, I, I need to teach my staff to do this, my employees to do this, because uh, it could save us all sorts of different issues and dilemmas and problems. How, how do you best lead others to to do this? There's a couple of things that I recommend that can really help you think slow to move fast. And the first is watching your energy. So energy and attitude, we look at energy and attitude as choices. It's a choice to consistently have a bad attitude or be negative. It's a choice to consistently have low energy. And I'm not talking about personality, introverted, extroverted. I'm not talking about saying everybody needs to be 10 on an energy scale. I'm talking about when I say energy manipulation, how do you shift it enough so that you are focused, you are engaged, you are present and in the moment at a high, high level. You are giving your focus to somebody else and you are able to postpone judgment, be in that place that you're just observing, assessing, understanding what's being on, the learner mode, whatever you wanna call it, that you are absorbing the information and can put yourself in the position to react to it. So get the heart pumping, get the blood moving a little bit, the same way athletes do, walk around, pace, some simple things, shake your arms, shake your legs. What we, in warming up or manipulating energy, improvisers supply oxygen to the brain, the same way athletes do before 
working out toward muscle groups. If you want a muscle group to operate at peak potential, you have to supply oxygen to that muscle group. You have to warm it up. You have to loosen it up. And that's the same thing for the brain. So give yourself that little buffer in between important engagements so that, especially if there, the engagement has some stakes to it, that 5, 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes before this engagement to walk around, get the heart pumping, stay loose, stay focused, and put yourself in the best position to succeed. So that's the first one, watching energy and then manipulating energy as needed. And this will also include, Chris, focusing your energy down. So if you're too amped up, if you're too pumped up, if you're too caffeinated, how do you like uh, closing the iris of a lens so that the laser becomes hotter and hotter toward a single point? How do you do that for yourself? And that is a focus and concentration type of technique. So understanding either how to amp your energy up or close the iris so that your energy is a a laser-like focus can be super important to being present and focused and engaged in the moment. Also, (coughs) excuse me, that ability to think toward the future, think a little bit more in the planning stage, who's going to be there, what's going on, who are the key stakeholders, that can put you in a great position to succeed in the moment. The other big thing, though, and this can go – Uh, can be exemplified really by using yes and because yes will force you to really listen to what somebody else is saying. Yes is not agreement. Yes is I hear what you're saying from your voice on your terms and is the bridge to how you hear them, how you're focused, how you're in the moment. Literally using those two words, yes and, will force you to slow down, listen, be engaged, and be in the moment. And that is a great technique to think slow to move fast as well. Just help me understand that a little bit, little bit more. So, yes, yes, and is this is that something that you say to yourself? Or? You can say this to yourself. You should say this out loud as well. So, mine was an implied yes. There, you could say this to yourself. I agreed with you, and you could say this out loud as well. So, yes is I hear what you're saying. I'm trying to understand what you're saying. Yes is thoughtfulness, and is how you hear what's being said, how you're responding to what's being said, how you are thoughtful. I see. So, so whether you're saying it to yourself to slow the brain down yeah. or you are saying it out loud to somebody else, you have to be focused. You have to be – you cannot respond to somebody using the term yes and without being in the moment. So this simple two-word technique will force you to be present and be in the moment at a high level. Excellent. So, so this is. Give us an example of that in operation. Yes, I can give you an example by using this discussion as the example. So, I didn't actually use and there. Yes, I can give you an example, and I'll use this discussion as the example. So, by just going back and forth with each other, we're listening to each other, we're we're reacting to each other, we're adapting to each other. In other circumstances, let's say a presentation, think about when that um, question's asked that you weren't totally prepared for, or when somebody gives you pushback. How are you responding there? Yes, I hear your pushback, and let's look at this from a different scenario, or yes. That's a good question. And this is how I'm interpreting your question, and I'm going to respond based on this interpretation. Excellent. That's good. Uh, really, we get that. So, yeah, you're, you're building and giving yourself a little bit of a, a pause in there to think and slow things down just a little bit. Um, so we're, we're coming towards the end of the interview now, and, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I think it's something to 
it, it's it's worthwhile really taking stock on this because it's maybe something that we don't we don't necessarily consider. We we can we can act in the moment. Um, which can sometimes work for us, but if we haven't uh, been prepared and we haven't thought this through and we haven't managed our energy and we uh, we haven't don't postpone judgment and things like that, uh, then we can and end up with the outcome not being what we really wanted to do. It may not serve us. It could get us into all sorts of trouble. And there's all sorts of examples I think where people have got into trouble and it's ended up with legal cases and all sorts of things uh, where it's spiraled from. So I think this is really important. Um, so I wonder, um, Bob, if you've got any kind of final messages from your perspective that you'd like to leave us with, a final message. Uh, one, I would say everyone can do this. And two, I would say most people should do this, actually, because it does link to presence, engagement, mindfulness. It links to all sorts of great things. And if you are looking for some simple tips, some tricks, that you can implement right away to help you help yourself to be a better communicator, to be present, be focused, be in the moment, to think slow, to move fast. We've created a really simple hack sheet, just a cheat sheet or cliff notes to this. And you can get these cliff notes at uh, www.businessimprov.com forward slash free dash download. So download these free hints, tips, tricks, and any other ones that you want. We're just giving them out there to anybody who wants to use business improv techniques to develop personally or professionally. Excellent. So that was, that was business, www.businessimprov.com. Uh, dot com. Dot com. Uh, slash slash free-download. Down, dash download. Excellent. And I guess you've also got a, a site, bobcoolhand.com, is that correct? <laughs> I do. That's my comedy site. How is that? So if you want to see some, some comedy, yeah, absolutely. Come over to uh, bobcoolhand.com. If you want to know more about business improv, go to businessimprov.com. Excellent. That's great. Well, it's been brilliant chatting to you again, Bob, and uh, I wish you well. And always uh, when we chat, it's insightful and it's thoughtful and it's helpful. So, yeah, just, just appreciate you being on the show again today. Chris, thank you so much for having me. Continued uh, good health and good fortunes to you and yours. Thank you. Thanks very much. And on on next week's show, we've got um, another guest who was on a few years ago, uh, Jared Nichols. Uh, Jared is a a futurist. He's always got lots of thoughts, ideas about about thinking about the future. And he's going to talk share with us kind of five really significant trends that we all need to be on point with and be aware with to be really effective in uh, today's business world. And... uh, you know, some of those points may impact your strategy around uh, the kind of areas that you focus on with your business and need to think. So we're going to look into the future next week. We're going to be with Jared Nichols. Any questions, comments, again, come back to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk and uh, wish you all well. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.